This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Welcome to another brand new episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Christian, and with me always is the mini puff to my stay puffed, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Are God. You damn right, oh my God. Got the internet fixed, ready for a uh, episode 64, I believe we're on. So uh, I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Doing all right. You know, we had a nice long weekend. Looks like we got the uh, technical issues worked out. Yeah. So far, we're off to a good start. Yeah. Fingers crossed, man. Last week, when we busted out last week's episode right before my modem crapped out, uh, which led to a Monday evening of frustrations, which then led us to a Tuesday morning of frustrations. And we had a rough week in the the world on (laughs) with the Phoenix show and this, but uh, not a problem. Got it fixed. We're here. New episode, ready to uh, rock out, man. Yeah, I don't know if you rock. I don't know if you rock out on this thing, but you. Uh, <laughs> I rock out. I don't know about you, but uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every show with our shameless plugs. It's shameless plug time. It is in these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, money. money is cool. Money is cool. Speaking of money being cool, one of our shameless plugs is Rough Riders, my 501c3 dog rescue nonprofit that's dedicated to the transported dogs from outlying shelters where they may not have a second chance. We bring those dogs, we transport them into the rural, uh, sorry, the metro area here, here in the uh, northern Nevada area, uh, and work with other local shelters and other rescues to find them homes, give them a second chance at life. If you want to find out more about Rough Riders, simply head over to roughriders.org or at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rough Riders Saves, and that's R-U-F-F Riders, just in case you needed to know. The other thing we do, Tony and I do a daily weekday morning show from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time. Tony, why don't you tell folks about it? Yes, you can uh, check us out Monday through Friday, and we do a little morning show called the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We offer your daily, we are your hosts for your daily laughs and levities in a crazy, crazy world. And uh, I do your entertainment segment. We run things like Florida Man on Thursdays, Animal Tales on Tuesdays. Uh, Silly Rabbit, this bit's for kids on Mondays when we do our Monday shows, um, Good News Fridays. And we always like to do this thing where we have you, the listener, chime in, uh, where we ask you the daily topics. You chime in in the middle of the show. Um, We also do uh, Radio Roulette off the Radio Stereo app or the Stereo Roulette off the Stereo app. Anyways, check us out if you're watching it here on – if you're following us here on Phoenix Media – the multiverse pop culture of uh, I screw that up. If I don't have my, my things, I'll go off memory, but uh, I can't read hard thing at the bottom. But uh, <laughs> anyways, you're here on Phoenix media. You're listening to us. Listen to our radio show daily. It's a little bit of this. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, check it out. It's fun to do. And that's all I've got for shameless plugs. No longer have to plug anything else. Exactly. Unless, unless you don't have a Costco membership, then I advise go get yourself a Costco membership. Uh, $60 <laughs> for a gold star, 120 for executive and 2% back. Shameless plug that. Tell them Tony sent you. Yeah. Right. yeah. Go get well, as, we, as we've been doing over the last couple of weeks in this first segment, we're discussing the latest show that is on Disney Plus, that being this one. Yes, we're talking Falcon and Winter Soldier. This past Friday, we got a brand new episode, the fourth episode, which unfortunately marks the halfway point for the series. But, you know, it's staying action packed. It's staying fun. Uh, Tony, what was your take on this fourth episode? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Now, here's what I don't get is a lot of people don't like the show. Most people I ask not feeling it. It's a tough it's a tough order to fall from Wanda. I get it. But we're here talking this week's episode and I really liked it. I'm waiting for when Zemo breaks away from Bucky and Sam because it's a matter of time. Like he's playing ball right now. And I'm liking his character from the dancing last week, which I love. They did the extended <laughs> right. cut with him just dancing. It's funny. But this one's great. You know, he's offering uh, some uh, Turkish delight candy to the kids in exchange for information. Uh, Sam gets close to talking to um, the Flag Smasher. And, uh, of course, here comes uh, not Captain America. Comes in and ruins the whole damn thing. He took a super serum and now he's jacked in the head and you knew he was going to go bad. But you know what? I didn't see coming. Obviously, if you haven't watched the show yet, this is a good time to maybe just fast forward through this segment or maybe just cover (laughs) your ears because I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't watched it yet. But we are discussing it. Hence, there's going to be spoilers. That should be a given. But if you don't know, that's that. But I was shocked when uh, the partner died. I mean, they just straight, they just straight killed his ass. And then at the end, him, you know, John Walker just straight snapped. And of course, social media and here he is with the shield and that just, (laughs) and then he killed the wrong guy. That wasn't even the one that killed his partner. Right. So he just, he lost it on a guy. Oh, crazy. But overall, shocking the way it ended. And I wanted to like if the next episode was out right then and there, I would have tuned right in to watch episode five. So for me, I got to give it an eight out of a 10. It was a good episode. Very good. Good storytelling. A little slow in the beginning, but it's the little things. Because now, it's balls to the wall for the next two. It's got to be. Exactly. And I'm very much of the same uh, thought process as you, Tony. You know, I enjoy the hell out of it. You know, it is not the fantastical that we got from WandaVision or that we're going to expect from Loki. It is more down to earth. It's more of an espionage type movie. So, I mean, type show. So if you like movies like that, it's great. You know, the pacing is good. There's a really good character development. You know, you saw Bucky at the very beginning when he was at Wakanda as the White Wolf and where he would basically shed you know, the winter soldier, you know, those keywords no longer triggered him anymore. And it was a big emotional moment. It was deep with him crying, right? Yep. Yep. And then the fact that, you know, like you said, Battlestar, they killed him. They showed John Walker just losing his mind uh, there at the very end. You know, it's, 
from here on out, it's going to be fast paced. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you know what? If you guys are enjoying it as much as we are, hopefully you'll, you'll join us on the discussion next week. Well, folks, I love it. oh, I was going to no, say that <laughs> for the first segment, we are headed into our commercial break. When we come back, we've got TV news. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crits starting as large as 11 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Welcome back, folks. We're into the second segment here on the Proton Pack podcast. We just finished up our discussion on Falcon and Winter Soldier episode four, which we're enjoying the hell out of. But now it's time that we dive a little bit deeper into TV news. Bazinga. The cream of the crop. Hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. Uh, hail to the king. Well, in TV news, you know, things are a little on the slower side as far as TV production goes. But uh, I think we found a, a number of stories that, uh, you know, no matter what you're into, will uh, sort of grab you, you know, from here to there. For instance, the Chucky TV series continues to expand its cast. And this time they're going back to fan fav- favorites from the first two Child's Play films to go up against everyone's favorite killer doll. According to Entertainment Weekly, Alex Vincent, who starred as young Andy Barclay in the first two Child's Play films, and Christine Elise McCarthy, who starred as Kyle in Child's Play 2, have now joined the cast. They joined Brad Dourif, who is once again providing the voice for Chucky, Jennifer Tilly, Devin Sawa, Zachary Arthur, Tio Briones, Jigorvin Arnason, and Olivia Allen Lind on the upcoming USA Network sci-fi series. Now, Vincent made his big screen debut at the age of seven in 1988's Child's Play and has appeared in four entries of the franchise, the last of which was Cult of Chucky. McCarthy's run with the franchise isn't as extensive, but her role in the second film is well-liked by fans, and she actually made an uncredited appearance in Cult of Chucky that teased a potential return for more if that was in the cards. And it looks like uh, it is in the cards. She's coming back. Um, you know, Tony, I know you're not big on Chucky and Child's Play. It wasn't saying <laughs> that you really Andy. No, I, you know, I, I enjoyed him as a kid. Uh, the last one I really watched was Bride of Chucky. That was the, uh, the last one I think I watched. I know there was the cult and there was Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky. And then there was the, the, um, reboot with Mark Hamill's voice. And I was interested in watching all those, but I just, for whatever reason, just never did. Um, 
TV series is interesting. This is it's a cool way to go. Uh, USA sci-fi. My problem with this, not to be negative, is these movies were very hard rated R. I mean, they were gory at times. They like there is that scene that still bothers me to this day from the first one. And and it's similar to the pet cemetery scene where they cut the back of the Achilles. Ugh. Like yeah. to this day, you know, it's just that it just sticks to the back of my head. And those two movies got me with that. Um, you're not gonna get. I'm. You're just not gonna get like the cussing. And Chucky always had the quippy like f bombs here and there while terrorizing. I think it's a great. <laughs> Great that you got Andy back. I think putting some familiar characters in there is fantastic. But just how far can you go on the USA network or sci-fi? I don't know. Not trying to be negative. This might have been a better call for a streaming service TV series versus network TV. My take, though. Well, what's interesting in that vein is last time I was out visiting the boys, of course, you know, I have to watch cable TV uh, in the hotel room. And... FX and sci-fi after I want to say eight o'clock PM, they were showing the full rated R versions of movies. For instance, I watched Deadpool on FX and it had every cuss word. It had all of the violence. So yeah, maybe they're, you know, easy. Maybe, it's a, maybe it's a late, late night show. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's if, not a bad thing. I think Brad Dourif back as Chucky is great. Not saying that Mark Hamill didn't do a good job. I mean, Mark Hamill's fantastic, but Brad Dourif is Chucky. It's just like Robert England is Freddy. Kane Hodder, Hodder is Jason Voorhees. That's just it. And anyone can be Michael Myers as long as you're tall and you can move around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think there's one distinct Michael Myers, right? Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, moving away from one horror series on TV to another, the AMC's Walking Dead is coming to an end with a super-sized... 24 episode final season, and now we know the season. We know when the season's going to begin airing. The teaser trailer, which uh, we'll post up on our uh, Facebook page, reveals the premiere date of August 22nd. So actually, it's a little sooner than they normally do. They normally wait till October. But AMC has said that the season will kick off with eight new episodes. So this season's probably going to air in three separate parts instead of the usual two. These blocks of of episodes are expected to be spaced out far enough that the finale won't air until late 2022. Tony, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Are they just delaying the inevitable, you know, why 24 in three seconds? They're rushing this. What I would do if I was the showrunners, they've, they kind of screwed themselves a long time ago by giving away the biggest spoilers before they announce. Like they tell you, Hey, this this person's leaving the show, which tells you two things. They're either dying or they're going to disappear just in case they come back. It's happened with Maggie, Rick, Michonne. They never died, but they've disappeared from the show. Maggie came back, but they advertised her return. Right. They they didn't leave it as one of those. You're watching it. And you're like, oh, my God, there they are. Like the the early part of that show had that shock factor it had sure. that you didn't know what was going to happen and you wanted like you this no goes more back Glenn to, moments yes like that i was just gonna say we've said it before the negan when he debuted and you're like did he kill glenn who'd he kill you wanted to know and you waited seven months to to find out that it was abraham only to turn around and be glenn because right. glenn, <laughs> glenn died in the comic now 
with this, they keep saying they got these Rick Grind movies in the can. What I want to see, if you have these movies done before you do your last season, if Rick ties into the final season and that's it, please release those first and then you could stretch this into the next year. Right. Like you could give us a movie maybe in October. Maybe you could give us the second part in January and then maybe give us one or however you want to space it and then leave us hanging. Give us little bits, but I would do the movies. That's, that's what I would do. That's not what they're going to do. Cause then once the show's over, then you'll get these Rick Grime movies, which at that point, will you care? Will anyone care? I'm sure people will, but dude, this is how much I've fallen off. I haven't, they've released like four new episodes that tie into the 10th season or however the weirdness is. I haven't even gone and watched any of them. I hear the Negan one was really good, but I haven't watched any of it. So. Well, and you're, I mean, you're even more confident (sighs) than I am. You know, I, I fell off after that first Negan um, season and then he became part of the crew. And, you know, I, I have to get caught up, but at the same time, I, I think I might wait until everything is done. So that way I could just binge it all at once as opposed yeah. to trying to get caught up before, you know, these season finale episodes release. Yeah. And not saying it's not bad because they still have the same people behind it. It's just the way it's marketed and the way they've kind of laid it out. Kind of got to give that one a down. But overall, you know, I'm sure that those four episodes they released, they, they have some meaning, but I mean, not enough where I used to avoid social media until I watched it. Yeah. So I didn't know who, who got, I didn't want to ever get spoiled. Now I'm just like, I read something. I go, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, it didn't have that shock factor like it used to. Exactly. You know, it's funny because, you know, the Disney plus series have become the new walking dead where you yes. want to avoid those spoilers. You know, you don't want to know what happens next or what happened, you know, before you had a chance to see it. So, you know, I can see that, you know, the writing is on the wall. It's good that they are finalizing The Walking Dead, at least that original saga. But uh, speaking of Disney Plus and moving on to our next story, the cast of Marvel's She-Hulk series for Disney Plus has grown a little larger as Deadline has reported that Hamilton's Renee Elise Goldsberry has signed on to star alongside Tatiana Maslany. She-Hulk will be a half-hour legal comedy. I didn't know that before. Something Marvel obviously hasn't attempted before that centers on Jennifer Walters, played by Maslany, an attorney who has powers similar to her cousin Bruce Banner, but unlike her cousin, she's able to retain much of her intelligence and emotional control. There are many details on who Renee Elise Goldsberry will be playing in She-Hulk, only that she's been cast as a character named Amelia. Ginger Gonzaga, who's also on board to play Walter's best friend. And it has also been announced that last year, Mark Ruffalo would be reprising his role of Bruce Banner and the Hulk, and that Tim Roth would be returning as the Abomination, a role he hasn't played since 2008's The Incredible Hulk. Tony, are you excited about She-Hulk coming to Disney Plus? Is it something that, uh, you know, obviously they treat their properties pretty well, but a half hour legal comedy? What are you thinking? I want the intro to be sung by Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. Get in a legal fight with the She-Hulk. One look in the jury's eyes. <laughs> Gavel slam and she will rise. Okay, <laughs> I'll stop. Yeah, it's not no, She-Hulk, though. <laughs> the She-Hulk. Beware of the She-Hulk. I reserve judgment to LC. If it's Marvel, I feel like it's going to be in good hands, but on paper... It sounds kind of stupid. I'm not going to lie. It sounds kind of <laughs> dumb. But hey, 
I thought WandaVision was going to be like, and I didn't know about WandaVision. And I know I want more WandaVision. So if it's if it's entertaining and funny and I like the time, 30 minutes, hey, I got time for 30 minutes. So I'm going to reserve judgment, but I, I would say I am a little excited. All right. It's Marvel. Well, it's Marvel, man. Well, hold on to that excitement because we are headed into our commercial break. When we come back, we're talking movie news. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. She-Hulk. Welcome back, folks, to the third segment of this episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. We just finished up talking TV news, and now it's time to get into movies. But as we do, we kick things off with our box office report from this past weekend. Well, it is no surprise that Godzilla vs. Kong remained in first place with an estimated $13.3 $13.3 million, that's on top of what they had already made, bringing their domestic total up to $69.5 million. And their worldwide total is, at the moment, um, not showing me. <laughs> <laughs> them, them bastards at Joe Blow. Oh, yeah. So- oh, I got a Godzilla soundbite for you. Here you go. <laughs> Just kidding. I really didn't have a soundbite for you. That's all I had. Godzilla sounds a little anemic, but... Uh, he's, he's a little hairy. Things are a little hairy there in Kong Town. There you go. Uh, yeah, searching through the worldwide totals up to $357.8 million, which is massive considering it costs about $200 million to make. Given everything that's going on it's, with coronavirus, it's, it's doing very well. I'm giving it an applause because it is the first... Po- I mean, this movie and Tom and Jerry, as much as I freaking hate to say it, man, those movies have been kicking like the little sparks yep. for for the box office. So I got a kudos. I can't even crap on Tom and Jerry because it's helping it out, man. <laughs> but I still got to see Godzilla Kong right before we started this show. I'm uh, halfway through King of Monsters. I like it so far. And Skull Island was excellent. So yeah, yeah I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Really enjoyed it. Don't know why it took me so long to watch these things. Hey, you know, time. Time is, is all it takes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Moving on in second place is the Bob Odenkirk action thriller. Nobody brought in another 2.6 million, bringing its domestic total to 15.6, or its uh, worldwide total to 28.7. Uh, reportedly cost 16 million to make. I did go see this over the weekend. It was a lot of fun. If you're a fan of the John Wick movies, you'll enjoy the hell out of nobody. Can't wait to see it. Yep. In third place was the Sam Raimi produced supernatural horror movie, The Unholy. It brought in another 2.4 million, uh, bringing its 10 day domestic total to 6.7. A little anemic for it. Uh, In fourth place was Ryan the Last Dragon with another 2.1 million, uh, bringing its domestic to 5.2 and its worldwide to 97.2. So it's making some good money on top of whatever Premier Access is bringing in for it as well. Yeah, I bet it's some good money on that. It's probably yeah. more coin there than on in theaters. Exactly. And then in fifth place was the Deep Space Voyage thriller, uh, well, Voyagers, opened with $1.35 million. Um, You know, Hopefully it doesn't uh, struggle to make its money back, which it what? costs. Who's in that one? Colin Farrell's in it. Um, <laughs> Lily Rose Depp. I know. <laughs> Ty <Tie> Sheridan. <laughs> never, never heard of her. I've heard of I've heard of Johnny Depp's daughter, but I've never heard of that movie. Exactly. But you know what? 
now's the time to release it, especially if you don't think it's going to make a ton of money because the theaters are just going to become more and more packed. Rounding out the top 10, we had Tom and Jerry bring another 1.11 million. The Girl Who Believes in Miracle brought in 597,000. The Courier brought in 436,000. Vakil Saab, oh, can't wait for that movie, brought in 411,000. And then Chaos Walking, holding on to that last spot in 10th place, brought another 265,000. That thing is slipped right down the top 10 every week. Yeah, and it's available on demand now too, so. Oh, uh, okay, well that's probably where I'm gonna have to see it because I was telling you here in Fort Collins, they have the big ones. And uh, but you can only go see him like after 4 p.m., which is weird. Yeah, especially if you want to go earlier in the day. Yeah, it makes makes sense. I was up early today. What if I could have seen both movies by the time we did the show? But it falls during the show, so I didn't. We'll (laughs) see. Eventually, I get back to theater living, baby. Yeah. Well, let's move on since we rounded out the uh, box office report and go into our movies. Yeah, we are, Doc Brown. All right. So first up in Christian. <laughs> first up in movie news, Netflix and Sony Pictures have struck a deal that will keep upcoming Spider-Man films and other selections from Sony Pictures on Netflix after they finish in theaters. The reportedly multi-year contract will start with Sony's 2022 film slate. Netflix will have first-right looks to the movies Sony is producing or licensing for the streaming platforms. The number of films Netflix has committed to ordering is uh, currently undisclosed. Notably, the deal doesn't stop Sony from selling streaming rights to other platforms. Sources speaking to Variety also said that the deal will amount to a record-setting sum for a a pay-one-window agreement. The deal is reportedly set to last five years, and the New York Times reports that Netflix will pay about $1 billion to Sony over four years. Sony can make a pay-one-window agreement such as this in part because it doesn't have its own streaming platform like Disney Plus or HBO Max. So what has Netflix definitely earned for its money? Well, the Wall Street Journal reports that future Spider-Man movies will land on Netflix following their theatrical runs though it's unclear if the Tom Holland Spider-Man No Way Home is included in that deal. Along with other Marvel characters, Sony still holds the rights to, like Jared Leto's Morbius and Tom Hardy's Venom. Netflix will also license certain older Sony pictures as well. I think this is a great move for Sony, for Netflix. You know, Sony doesn't have their own streaming service, whereas, uh, you know, Netflix can be that for them. Um, What do you think, Tone? Are you excited to see Sony movies on Netflix? Oh, it's a smart move for Netflix. Um, I think with them losing to, you know, Universal to Peacock and then Paramount Flicks, obviously, to Paramount Plus. And and of course, they don't have Disney anymore because Disney Plus. So you kind of need more than just your own original content. And I think Sony brings that. They they have Columbia Pictures, which houses Ghostbusters. Um, They have a lot of deals in place. And I think having like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is huge. That means you're not going to be seeing that on Disney plus people love Spider-Man to keep the Spider-Man world at least over there is going to be a draw, especially for Marvel fans alike. It's, it's good. It makes sense to keep the Tom Holland ones there. I mean, if that one would be nice to see them both on Disney plus and, and Netflix, but even right now you can't catch the uh, Tom Holland ones on Disney plus. So, yeah, gotta stream them somewhere, man. 
Exactly. And, and here's the thing. Almost everyone has Netflix anyways. They're the originators. They're the game changers. They're not going away. And they're smart. Yeah, they've lost a lot of their stuff. But at the same time, everybody's copying what they do, man. They've, they've set the standards. So smart move by Sony. Yeah. And Very so smart move. More properties than just the Spider-Man. You know, they've got the Men in Black franchise, which, you know, that'll be a big draw for them. So I think it'll be a good move on their part. Now, Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of moves, let's move on. And uh, Disney has confirmed that both Jungle Cruise and Free Guy have not been delayed and that they will be premiering in theaters this summer. Yes. Such good news. Jungle Cruise is set to hit theaters on July 30th, 2021, and Free Guy will arrive shortly after on August 13th, 2021. Jungle Cruise will be released three weeks after Black Widow, which will be made available in both theaters and on Disney Plus premiere access on July 9th. This news from Disney may show some of the company's optimism that movie theaters will be a much more viable option with the greater availability of the COVID-19 vaccine across the world. Um, Yeah, I think uh, shooting for July to bring everything back to theaters. It's a good mark. We're already seeing from the box office report that those box office numbers are increasing. Good job, Disney, and the fact that uh, we will actually see those two movies, which I'm looking forward to, is is a, a little bit of a sigh of relief on my part. Absolutely. There's going to be one movie we talk about here in a few, so I'm going to save that comment for then. But this is a great, great news. I mean, you can already see things, man. It's almost like we're, there's light at the end of this dark tunnel. Finally, there's some light. Um, I'm not saying movies, but everything, everything's opening. Mandates are more. Vaccines are more accessible. This is all great news. Not saying that it ain't still out there and all that, but people are ready, man. People are ready to get back to their lives. And yeah, I miss it, man. I miss the normalcy of just going to see a movie anytime, not wait until 4 p.m. <laughs> like <laughs> I liked catching the early showings and get it done by the end, by midday, you know? Exactly. Go eat lunch right after. Yeah. So yeah, well, excited to see both these, man. Free Guy looks great. And Jungle Cruise, eh, but I'll go see it anyways. I don't care. Well, with as good as news of news as that is, unfortunately, there are a few movies that are making a change. For instance, Top Gun Maverick is leaving its July 2nd spot for November 19th. And then uh, it's taking over the release date that Mission Impossible 7 would have been in. Now, Mission Impossible 7 is uh, set to open on May 27th, 2022. And then uh, Mission Impossible 8th in uh, July of 2023. So bummer that, uh, you know, they weren't able to, to keep those time frames for, you know, this uh, uh, Apparently a trio of Tom Cruise movies, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the way it goes sometimes. Yep. They could have, I would have been nice to push to August to keep that momentum going, but we'll get it in November. I'm pretty happy with that. Although August would have been better for that because then you could have still got mission impossible in November. Exactly. But you know what? We'll take it where we can get it at this point. And there is already a bunch of movies that are going to be coming out. Speaking of which, one movie that uh, Tony and I are really looking forward to, it is the namesake of this show. It is our trailer of the week. Not necessarily a trailer. We can call it more a teaser of the week. But uh, let's go ahead and check that out. And we'll talk about it uh, just briefly afterwards. We're talking Ghostbusters Afterlife and uh, all those mini puffs. They're so cute. Let's go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. Nice Ant-Man tie-in right there with Baskin Robbins. Totally. Chimoka. Chimoka. Red Velvet. Blue Velvet. (laughs) What could it be? 
Ah, what a great little tease. You know, we haven't gotten anything since that last uh, trailer. God, what? months ago and so uh being able to see this and and see you know uh, sort of the playfulness of what they're looking to do with it uh, i mentioned to tony before that uh you know it kind of looks like they took uh, a key out of army of darkness you know from sam raimi with the little ashes that were causing him uh, you know all sorts of hell but uh it looks like fun you know you've got that original soundtrack you've got that tension uh, i'm even more excited after seeing this what about you tom Oh, absolutely. The only thing is, like, if I heard someone scream, like, ah, I'd be a little more curious than, like, what, what that is. But it's just funny. He's at the grocery store. He's just getting his ice cream. And, uh, yeah, just that I'm sure there's more to it than him just stopping and the little marshmallow guys popping mm-hmm. out. There's probably some more intenseness to it. But, uh, yeah, it looks great. And I just see marketing. This is uh, marketing genius right there. Who would have thought take? Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, make a mini. It's cute. This goes back. Take that. Yoda, make him small. Do the same for Chewbacca. Make him tiny like a pup. Sell millions. (laughs) Well, folks, we are headed into our final break. But uh, you know what? Take a look at those little mini puffs because they certainly are cute. We come back. We're talking video game news. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, folks, to the fourth and final segment of this episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. We just finished all of our movie news, and we are headed into our video game news, but not before we talk a little bit of theme parks. You know, every once in a while, it doesn't fit so nicely into the TV, movie, or video games. You know, we talk toys a little bit, we talk theme parks, but this is one I am certainly excited about. Disneyland's Avengers Campus will finally be opened on June 4th, 2021 at Disney California Adventure. This immersive new area will be themed around all things Avengers and Marvel, with several locations hosted by a different Avenger and their unique theme, power, and technology. There will be areas focusing on Spider-Man, Ant-Man, and Doctor Strange, as well as the opportunity to encounter Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Black Widow, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, and Loki. Disney Disney originally planned to open the Avengers campus in 2020, but the COVID-19 pandemic closed most parks across the country. However, that's set to change at the end of April when California relaxes its lockdown rules. The Avengers campus previously announced Web Slingers, its first new ride centered around Spider-Man. Tom Holland will reprise his role as Peter Parker for the ride, where attendees can strap on web bracelets and interact with this 3D attraction. Tony, I know you're excited to see it. I have a feeling this web slinger game is going to be, um, or a ride is going to be along the lines of the uh, Toy Story, um, you know, the 3D. Toy Story Mania. Toy Story Mania, exactly. I'm so excited. And it got rid of the Bugs Life or the Bugs Land area, which. It was dated, man. It was was cool for the time, but it was nothing like Wuha. And, you know, I know a lot of people freaked out when they got rid of the Tower of Terror there, too. You know, Mm -hmm. like they're like, oh, you can't get rid of that because it was a great ride. But, dude, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Oh, so fantastic. And I I have a feeling like the Spider-Man ride is going to be bitching. Oh, man. To wait times, if it's anything like Rise of the Resistance, it's going to be a nightmare to get on for a while, I would imagine. Yeah. 
It opens I, June 4th, so I mean, you're going to probably have a better chance of getting on this before I do when you go see the kiddos down there. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, the tickets are so damn expensive. But, you know, if I could just get a ticket with them into California Adventure, I'll spend the whole day there. I'll wait in line. I'll do all of the Avengers experiences because if what they did with Star Wars is any indication of the Avengers side, the Marvel side of things, oh, it's going to be so cool. It is. Like, because you and I, we, the last time we did Disneyland was the day before Rise of the Resistance opened up at the California um park and uh well just disneyland not world and uh i remember we the day before and we were just hoping to be get that test ride like would we get picked and we never did but uh that was my last disneyland experience and i am going to the world but man i do miss the land well i haven't confused you all yet (laughs) if you recall from that uh, trip we went on to uh we went on boy my brain it's the end of the day here Um, it is yeah but we did Mission Breakout like back to back to back. Oh, it was great, man. It was so much fun. Yes, that that was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that at some point this year. Um, meet up with you when you go see the boys that weekend or something and try to squeeze in a Disney run. Be nice. Exactly. Well, that does it for theme park news, which we get every once in a while. So let's head into our final two stories in video games. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? All right. Well, if you've been hunting down a Nintendo Switch in recent months, it sounds as though the handheld console hybrid could end up being just as difficult to find later on in 2021 as it was last year. Although the global pandemic has proven to be one of the main reasons why stock of the console has been so low over the past year, uh, improving, it sounds as though in the long term, 2021 may still see shortages of the Switch as well. According to Nintendo President Shuntaro Furukawa, The company currently has enough semiconductor parts in stock to begin immediate production on a number of new Switch units. However, that doesn't mean that the manufacturer will be able to keep churning out Switch consoles at a high rate as the year progresses. We've been able to secure the necessary materials for the immediate production of semiconductors for the Switches, Furukawa said in an interview with Japanese publication Nikki. However, in Japan and other countries, demand has been very strong since the beginning of the year, and there is a possibility of shortages at some retailers in the future. It is difficult to say how we will deal with this, but in some cases, we may not be able to prepare enough for orders. So uh, if you haven't gotten yours already, if you find one while you're out there, whether it's a Switch Lite or a Switch Original, pick it up because they're not going to be around for too much longer, at least uh, you know, with this low stock. Yeah, it's uh, your man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision. Yeah, yeah, me either, Randy. Uh, yeah, I think at this point, uh, if you haven't got a switch yet, now's not a bad time. I know, uh, Costco, or at least my Costco, just got a huge shipment in. We rarely ever get them, but we just got one, and that'll probably be the last time we'll get it for a while because it just pops in when we get them. Um, it's kind of weird too because if you think about it, the PS5 and the Xbox. Series 1X, the, the both the newest systems came out in November. I have yet to see those on store shelves, man. It's all about timing your pre-orders, when you get them. And there's all this rumor of the new Nintendo Switch being a Nintendo Switch Pro coming later this year. So for me personally, if you... Well, let me just say this. 
If you don't already have a Nintendo Switch, definitely try to get one. But I would almost advise maybe holding out just a little bit longer and get this Pro version. Um, but if you don't want to wait that long, if you can acquire one, definitely get it. It's a great system. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, great games, great experience. But uh, at the same time, if you're having trouble getting your hands on it, it's not going to get much easier. Yeah. And then finally, in video game news, yeah, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, apparently during WrestleMania 37, which just happened this past weekend, WWE 2K22 was revealed alongside a first look at gameplay featuring Rey Mysterio and Cesaro. If that's how you say it. The short clip, which you can see, good. we'll post it on our uh, Facebook page, features gameplay captured from a work-in-progress build, but showcases the new character models and action fans can expect when the game arrives later this year. WWE 2K22 will be the first 2K WWE simulation wrestling game since the poorly received WWE 2K20. Tony, are you looking forward to this? I haven't seen the, the gameplay, the, the clip for it. The game looks if it's if it's the way the graphics are going to be, it looks great. It looks realistic. Okay. But I haven't liked a uh, wrestling game since like the SmackDown series on the PlayStation right. 2. Those are fun, but give me like uh you know, like the old days, like WWF Raw, then WWF Royal Rumble on Super Nintendo. Those were a lot of fun. WrestleMania, the arcade game was good. Um, I would say if they or no, you know, another fun one, too, that we used to play. You and I used to play like uh, was it WCW NWO Revenge and then WWF No Mercy on yeah. the Nintendo yep. 64. Great. The graphics are sh- poop. But uh, I don't want to cuss on this show. Yeah, but the gameplay is great. Um, And then if you were a fan of like the old school, like WWF WrestleFest or uh, the old arcade games, um, there is an option on your Nintendo Switch, your Xbox and your PlayStation. It's called Retro. It's like Retro Wrestling Mania. It's basically this. It's made from the people that did WWF WrestleFest. It's the same graphics. It's got like a bunch of guys that are not in the WWF anymore, but they're like legendary wrestlers. So they're, they're right. real named wrestlers. Um, you'd have to check it out. It's, I think some ECW guys and just guys that just ain't with the company. And, but you the know, they will bring you back to that sort of nostalgia. Absolutely. Yeah. And my thing is back in the day with wrestling where they went wrong with the 2k games is they had all these gimmicks and matches, but they made it, too ridiculous like it was so story-based driven and it's like dude back in the day i used to just want to pick up a wrestling thing hear the theme music create create a create a wrestler so you go in there finishing moves and yep that was it they used to be a lot of fun to play yeah well it'll be worth seeing if this one does better than 2k20 which it by all i heard was a glitch was a glitch fest like there'd be a like there'd be a match and you'd be just like in the middle of the ring and your head be poking out and the other character is just blocky. And it's like unacceptable in this day and age. You can't put out a game like that. Exactly. Well, folks hate to say it, but uh, we have reached the end of the show over, you know, in this new format, it goes by so quick. We've got so much to cover, but uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, listening in, dropping comments, giving us feedback. And of course, you know, head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast to get everything you need 
related to the proton pack. Tony, you got anything else before we uh, head on out? Yeah. Anything we've talked about today, please chime in below. Let us know. Are you excited for, are you disappointed Top Guns coming out in November? What'd you think of the Ghostbuster trailer? Are you excited for WWE? WWE 2K22, did you play wrestling games? Whatever it may be, whatever we talked about, please chime in below. We'd love to read the comments and stuff. And you never know, we may just reply even though the show is now over. But with that being said, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Stream us, share us, and check us out Monday through Friday Friday on the Christian Phoenix radio show. So until next week, Tony out. See you guys. Peace. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Shall we watch? Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.